This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! 14 USA. Gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks. And ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. You birds better keep your beaks clean. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. Back, as you probably guessed from the intro quote, we are going back to the Mighty Ducks animated series, uh, episodes 11 through 15 this time. Um, Kevin was not part of the last episode, so you might be lost. It, there's a lot of continuation from I, episode to episode. I don't think I would be lost just because of that. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens here. But uh, yeah, we're coming up on the end of the year here. Working on the quiet question of the year. Uh, I'm down to the final 13. There was, I think, 38 or something like that. Um, so we're getting close here. You guys, as usual, uh, will be able to vote on the finalists. We'll have a final five, final six, uh, depending on, you know, how I feel. And, uh, yeah, but winner obviously gets to come on the pod. Maybe I'll send some stickers, maybe, maybe some other gear. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be a close race. Also shaping up to be a close race for most quack questions. So Stevie Yanks and uh, Jay Beasley777 are both tied with 11. And they both have a quack question of the year win. But Stevie Yanks was a finalist in 2019. So I think he has um, the edge there. Uh, but close race overall for the number one quack spot. Other than that, let's move on to um, – let's check in on your uh, Kin Token investment, Kevin. So uh, December 2016, Kevin purchases a cryptocurrency called Kin Token for $300-ish. Uh, it goes down and down, roughly 95%. I think last time we were at $9, something like that. Uh, what are we at right now, Kevin? Uh, it's been performing like gangbusters. We're up to about up to $15.24. Fifteen dollars and twenty-four cents. So I think it's riding that Bitcoin wave. So <laughs> nice, yeah. This is—I feel like this is uh, the highest it's been in a while. So that is good. Um, let's just get into it then. Uh, so yeah, if you have not uh, been a part of these recaps of the Mighty Ducks animated series, uh, you're missing out. So uh, we pick five episodes at a time. I watch them try to explain them um it does not go well kevin or tommy actually watched one um you know just to get a flavor um and i'm interested to see what he has to uh think but let's get into the first one so this is episode 11 it's called micro ducks um tommy do you have the wikipedia description up again yeah and so this one was uh let's see it was directed by let me get the uh Directed by Doug Murphy and Blair Peters, and Doug Murphy uh, 
and Blair Peters. I believe this is their first co-directing credit. So mm. they, they teamed up. So this will be great. Um, and they're writing, written by David Wise, who um, has written a good number of these. Uh, originally aired October 18th, 1996. Um, actually, pardon me, uh, October 19th, 1996. The, for whatever reason, the, uh, the episode 10 and episode 11 aired on back-to-back days. Mm. Don't know why. But the Wikipedia uh, entry is, while investigating a crime spree by the evil Dr. Droid, Nosedive, Tanya, and Grin are hit by a shrinking ray, leaving them rapidly shrinking as the others attempt to defeat Droid's powerful robot. And I'm just going to guess that at some point, someone either almost gets eaten or is threatened to get eaten. Maybe by, uh, who's their like human manager? Voice Phil. By, uh, Belushi. Phil Palmfeather. Is that part of the plot at all? It is not because, oh. um, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But the, yeah, this is really a turning point. So I think the first five episodes, it was the Ducks and Dragonus trying to get back to, you know, their home planets because they had gone through this interdimensional portal um, as they were train, uh, trying to track down Dragonus. Episode uh, six through 10, we mentioned it was less about getting home and more about Dragonus trying to destroy the world and the ducks, you know, trying to save him. Uh, episode 11 through 15, you can tell this is where they started to run out of the steam. Um, they, they start introducing new villains, which don't make any sense. Um, and there's just not a lot of like the original sort of through line of this Dragonus Mighty Ducks thing. Um, just sort of goes away it seems like they had like okay this is gonna be the plot and then they realized we we got maybe 12 episodes in us and we gotta hit 26 um so yeah so we have a new villain dr droid um and he comes in he takes over a machine factory in order to quote create the ultimate machine unquote um so this is right at the beginning of the episode of episode 11 micro ducks ducks come in right away try to stop him and they're going to but nosedive who's like the wild one he breaks protocol because he quote wants to body check that metal maniac myself and because of that uh dr droid escapes and they have to save nosedive instead of getting him so yeah dr droid is like this human slash machine guy he was a scientist he's kind of like an iron man type deal but he doesn't have a suit it's just like built into him like uh what's his name dr octopus maybe um, Is that his name Tommy? well doc ock just had like the things like fused to his back it wasn't yeah. like he's not a cyborg yeah so anyway so dr droid you know he's trying to make the ultimate machine or he says he's gonna rob a natural history history museum the ducks are like this is a trap but then they go and they get trapped. Uh, so draws this gem, which allows him to shrink the ducks for some reason, unexplained. Um, there's just this gem in the museum, lets him shrink ducks. He, through the fight, um, his little gem gets broken, but Grin, Nosedive, and Tanya are hit and they shrink. Um, so... The duck, the other ducks decide they need to get droid's device to uh, reverse the process. So as the ducks are shrinking, they track droid, the other three, back to his factory where he manufactures robots. Um, the shrunken dunk go to a museum and they find this shard of the gem 
So how big off. are they? They, I mean, so they run into a cat in this museum, and like they're like maybe the size of mice. Like the cat chases them. It's so they're hole. like two, three inches tall. I guess so. Like it's it's tough to really get scale here. Um. So yeah, while they're doing that, Doctor Droid has created this huge robot. Um. Just FYI, and Tanya, who's like the engineery one, Tanya Vanderflak. So she just has this random device on her wrist that lets her figure out exactly how the ray works because they found this um, gem shard. So they're fighting the robot and Duke, the Jewel 3, goes to steal the ray, the like the gun that Dr. Droid uses to shrink the ducks while the other ducks distract the robot. Um, the small ducks at a certain point get it's stuck in a spider web but Grin punches it and the problem is solved I don't know like there's just like a side plot about them getting stuck and then they just punch their way out and they arrive at the factory and the small people find a hole in this giant robot and they sneak into the giant robot and start controlling it so the gun that Duke steals is actually a decoy and Dr. Droid comes out to face them and laugh about it. And then the miniature ducks and the robot shoot Dr. Droid. Um, and they get the gun, they fix it, and they return the ducks back to normal size. Wait, question about the ducks. Sure. Are, are they still small and look like humans, or are they like regular ducks now? They're small. They're, they're small and look like humans. Yeah, they don't turn into like waddling ducks. Yeah, so, and then they, yeah, they eventually return back to normal size and push the giant robot on top of the factory to destroy all of Dr. Droid's other robots. But, this is a key point here, Dr. Droid escapes, so his body is crushed, but his head, like, has boosters on it, and it just flies through the air, and that's the end of the episode of him, like, flying away, um, saying he'll be back, and things like that. So, that is Microducks. <laughs> Uh, we can move on to Beaks versus Brawn, episode 12. Tommy, do you have the description for this one? Yeah, uh, directed by Doug Murphy, written by David Ehrman. Uh, original air date, October 26, 96. So when Draganis reprograms a Brawn, and it's just like acronym B-R-A-W-N robot, one of the guards who oversaw his dimensional prison, to attack the ducks, Wildwing, Mallory, and Tanya must reprogram, re-reprogram Brawn to help them stop Dragunas from acquiring a flotation device he needs to power his new aerial fortress. Um, and, you know, I used to think um, when Mike was describing these shows that he was probably giving a little bit too many details. But when watching one of the episodes, you found that every single shot is basically incredibly different from the one before. <laughs> and they all have, like, something to do with the plot in some capacity. And so it is, it is not like as although it's a linear storyline it is very difficult to kind of just say like oh they were shrunk this episode and they fight a new bad guy but they they came back to to win just because there's like a bunch of random shit that happens that's i guess kind of explained and so when we get to the episode that i watched episode 14 i'm going to go into a little bit more but it, it's really not as straightforward as it probably should be. And I think that's a combination of both good and bad storytelling. Yeah. I mean, they, they plant a lot of seeds that kind of pay off in the end, but uh, yeah, there's a question of how many seeds do you need? 
Um, so yeah, episode 12, Beaks vs. Braun. So this robot named Braun just appears out of nowhere. He literally teleports into the middle of Anaheim or whatever. And he finds Dragonus, who, as Tommy mentioned, is working on this anti-gravity device for his warship, which begs the question, why wouldn't you get this anti-gravity ship for your ship so you could go home? Which was like the beginning type deal of like, that's why Dragonus is still in Anaheim because his ship is broken. But again, now he, I guess he's just trying to take out the city of Anaheim. So Braun comes in and starts wrecking Dragonus to the ship. He takes out all his minions. Dragonus recognizes Braun as a bounty robotic assault and weapons negotiator, which was apparently his guard in some like interdimensional prison that he has to use quote unquote force beams to paralyze him. So he paralyzes Braun and reprograms him to attack the ducks. And he says, quote, duck season is open good line nice uh, yeah yeah so the ducks they're playing a game they're their opponent this episode the louisiana crawdads which i thought was a good one um so braun comes out in the middle of this game and just starts shooting everywhere he just starts destroying he probably murdered like tons of people but they don't get into that um the ducks lure him out of the arena and shoot explosive pucks at him but they do nothing um so it's literally like a smoke in a crater and then he walks out of it uninjured um duke and nosedive get injured so there's a lot of splitting up in this series which i don't fully understand um sometimes it is relevant sometimes it is not like in this situation so now we're down to wild wing who's like so the i captain. think it's tanya as i'm go ahead so real quick so i think they split them because all of these shots are always very short. Sometimes it's only like 15 seconds to move the plot along. And so this way they're able to kind of come up with different sequences to kind of keep people tuned in. It's like when you're watching a movie or whatever, and if there's three different plots, and I'll just kind of throw in, like if you're watching um, the second or third Lord of the Rings movie, you have three kind of clear plots. You've got Mm -hmm. Frodo and Sam taking the ring. You've got Aragorn, you know, Legolas and Gimli, you know, doing their thing. And then you've got like the other two hobbits doing their thing. And if you're not a huge fan of one of them, you know, like, okay, we're going to get back to the part like I like, the part I like soon. So I'm going to stay tuned. And so that's a device that's used here to be like, hey, we're just moving the plot forward a little bit with these two guys, but you're not totally turned off because you know you want to get back to what Wild Thing is doing. Or um, so that's, I think, one of the reasons why they, they split them up. It makes it easier to kind of push the story ahead to move the football down the field, so to speak. It makes sense. I was just thinking like they didn't want to pay for like full episodes for these people. So they're like, hey, these three get injured and they'll come back at the end or something like That's that. That's also so possible. Cut down costs. Um, yeah, again, uh, Grin Duke and Nosedive injured in a fight. So we're down to Wildwing, who's the captain. Tanya, who I mentioned is the like engineering. And then Mallory McMallard, who's like the tough sort of like go straight ahead chick. Um, so they, the ducks are yeah there you go <laughs> the ducks are trying to find a way to destroy it meanwhile dragonis has his anti-gravity device but the guy who made it for him is charging him million more millions more than what they agreed to so dr swindell this guy said leaves and he says he's giving it to his highest bidder so dragonis gets mad and puts brawn on this guy instead of the ducks so brawn is about to kill Dr. Swindell. The ducks swoop in at the last minute, save him. Um, but 
Bell runs away from the ducks. So the whole point, like, they can't damage him at all. And then they say, oh, we can't really get a good shot because he's robotic and his reflexes are so fast. And then they, what they do is they, have a, they see a mirror. So Tanya gets in the mirror. So he looks at the mirror and shoots at the mirror. And then somehow that allows them to shoot. Braun just falls over and dies, essentially. Um, so they can go and reprogram him. And that's about it. Like, they reprogram him um, as Dragonus's minions are trying to steal the anti-gravity device. Uh, Dragonus gets his warship off the ground, starts destroying Anaheim. The ducks borrow a chopper and land on Dragonus's ship. But now they have Braun on the side, so he starts blowing up stuff. He blows up the anti-gravity device. The ship is falling um, on Anaheim, and Braun stays on the ship and, and steers it away from Anaheim. And they think like he sacrificed himself to save Anaheim. But then they go in the rubble, and they find Braun's head, and he's still talking. And that is the end of the episode. We still following along here. Sure. Not really. <laughs> it seems like the episodes they do a, I don't want to use the word good, I guess. They do an adequate job of kind of picking hey, here's what the story's about. It's just something very small, like hey, the ducks get shrunk, or hey, you know, the ducks have to are going to this different world, and then they build the plot around that. But here it seems like they made it overly complicated. And so that one was not as as great, really. And so like this next one, for example, very, very straightforward. It's called Jurassic Puck, directed by Joe Baruso, written by David Wise and Tad Stones, November 2nd, 96. And it's attempting to turn Earth into a Saurian paradise. Dragonus unleashes a wave of dinosaurs against the ducks. And so in theory, this sounds like it's very straightforward. Although I'm sure it's like a complicated way to to get all these dinosaurs into Anaheim or whatever. So, Mike, what can you tell us about Jurassic Puck? Yeah, so uh, it is straightforward, maybe too straightforward. They don't do a lot of explaining here. So uh, the ducks learn there are two dinosaurs flying around Anaheim. Um, They say they immediately assume Dragonus is behind this because he's a dragon. And apparently dinosaurs dinosaurs and cousins are dragons or dinosaurs and dragons are cousins um so we see a giant pterodactyl steal a missile from the military and then the ducks see a brontosaurus and he collapses a building on the duck car which duke and grin were in so they're hurting right now and they're sort of out of the picture for now um yeah and then the pterodactyl after stealing the giant missile and dropping it off swoops down and steals nosedive so nosedive is flying in the clutches of this pterodactyl so tanya comes eventually digs duke and grin out and the car um dragonis is now shooting the missile downward into earth and um there's a surprise Dragonus has actually created more dinosaurs. So we see him just shoot this like gun at, he has like dinosaur fetuses on his ship for some reason. He just shoots a gun and then they blow up um, to like full adult sized dinosaurs. So these triceratops come in 
and uh, just start wrecking shit around Anaheim again. Um, the Brontosaurus comes in, steals some explosives from this building. Um, so the ducks are trying to fight the dinos. Uh, Grin, Grin, who's like the muscular guy, he gets on top of this Brontosaurus and finds this electric collar thing. And they learn that Dragonus and his minions are controlling these dinosaurs by remote control. It's like a neural control system. Um, so we track down Dragonus and surprise, they're, they're T-Rexes now. So there's a big fight with Dragonus's minions. The mil- minions teleport away and then they fire the missile down into the earth, which unleashes an underground volcano like lava starts spewing everywhere. Not entirely sure how that worked. Um, but so Tanya has spent this entire episode sort of away from the action because she's scared of dinosaurs and lizards, but she steps up here and she says, uh, she's like talking to herself, pumping herself up. And she's like, you're not just a duck. You're a mighty duck. Puck stops here. And then she hops on a motorcycle, steals the controller away from Dragonus's minions, uh, presses a button and the dinosaurs all come down. Um, and then the ducks are trying to stop this lava from flowing so they just fly over it and shoot a puck into the lava and for whatever reason that works and the lava actually starts receding back into the ground um it doesn't just like you know stop it actually goes back to where it came from so the tanya has this control and she sticks six the dinosaurs on dragonis but he opens a dimensional gateway to swamp world which sucks the dinosaurs in and um, that's really the end of the episode. It leads to the question of why he can't just open a dimensional gateway back to his world, assuming he's trying to get home back home. But uh, again, maybe he's uh, given up on getting back home. So end of episode 13. And we move on to episode 14, The Return of Dr. Droid. Uh, so this is the episode I watched. Yes. And Mike, why did you want me to watch this? I thought it was the best one out of the five. I, and I, really? I, just want to, I just want to uh, point out that Tommy's uh, description of this in our group chat on our text message was awful. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so this was directed by Blair Peters, uh, written by David Wise, November 8th, 96. So... Here's the description. Dr. Droid has returned with a new robot body and a computer that will allow him to control every electronic appliance in the world. Meanwhile, Phil gets a new girlfriend. Or does he? And so I would like to explain this. Sure. And so as you can tell there, the plot is essentially, hey, um, we want machines to essentially take over. And so Dr. Droid is behind it. And so everything starts off. Phil's got this new girlfriend. Um, and so you learn very early on that she's actually just kind of using him to get some kind of device from the duck's lair that will help her. Um, uh, she gives it to Dr. Droid to essentially control all of these machines. And so Dr. Droid has built the machine to essentially allow machines to rebel against their masters and do whatever they want. Um, and so obviously you think about it and it's like, okay, there's full toasters chasing people. And this is not like a new plot device. So they've got that, and the ducks decide they need to go, um, you know, stop this as usual. And immediately you think, okay, well, the ducks are driving a car to go do this. And then they say, like, hey, we're driving a car. Isn't it going to, like, crash or something? And that's exactly what happens. 
And so eventually they figure out that the way to stop these machines from rebelling is to coat it with this like anti-machine like goo that prevents like the radio waves, which is how Dr. Droid is used controlling the machines to like, I guess, transmit. And then the way they introduce this like goo is very strange. The very beginning of the episode, one of the ducks, they're like in the mall. He's like, oh, I'm going to stop by and visit my, you know, my boys at the comic shop. Mm-hmm. And so they walk in, they get shot with like, um, I guess like uh, super soakers, but they're filled with what it looks like, you know, glue. And it's like, oh, this is this like gack that we created, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's obviously going to be coming back later in the episode. And so it does. So they use the gack. It's like, I'll just code all the machines with this and we'll be good. Like, perfect. And it takes, you know, 20 seconds to do for whatever reason. And long story short, they get there. They're stopping Dr. Droid. And then we find out this girl was actually a robot the whole time that uh, Phil Pomfeather was in love with. And throughout the episode, he has these one-liners about like, oh, how she's not actually that bad or blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, comical in a sense. Um, and eventually some of the ducks get captured and then some of them save, save them. And so it's a very straightforward plot. And then at the very end, for whatever reason, Dr. Droid gets like a spider body. Right. And then they say, oh, we can't penetrate it. But then they shoot it with like ice, um, which would make sense, you know, Mighty Ducks ice. And then they like explode it and his head goes blasting off again. So in theory to another episode. And so I guess that's going to be Dr. George, his head just blasts off. Um, We'll ignore the whole thing about a head being able to survive on its own. But this episode was a good example of like kind of those seeds that Mike talked about and how they, they introduce random little things. But again, all these scenes are very short. It's just like 20 seconds to move the plot along just a little bit and just enough to kind of, keep you interested and to also um, eliminate certain plot holes. And so I do kind of wonder, did they do this scene after they thought they were done? Cause there's like, Hey guys, you didn't acknowledge at all the fact that like they're using these cars to get to, you know, his lair. So they have to go back and do that scene or something like that. Um, but it is very much something that you can imagine was probably written in an afternoon. Um, but I do commend them. The voice acting is actually pretty good. Um, and I, I think that the the one-liners are, are decent enough that they make up for all the rest of the dialogue. Um, but that's basically the episode. So the point of this episode was, hey, how about we get all of the machines to rebel against humans? And they go from there. So that was the central theme of this. And what's interesting is when they introduce this new girlfriend that Phil has, I'm like, was she in other episodes? Like, am I missing something here? And it's no. very clear that she wasn't. Um, and there were a couple of questionable lines. I guess they were trying to um, imply that she was like, you know, Latina or like Mexican American. Cause like Phil says a couple of times, oh, she's my like spicy enchilada lady or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Um, so kind of interesting there, a little, a little bit dated. Um, but that was that episode, you know, it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> if I was 11 watching it, maybe I'd enjoy. And it's definitely something where you do not need to know anything about any of these characters. Um, and I guess that's the point of a 90s cartoon, right? Is pick it up where it's left off. You don't need to know everyone's superpower, everyone's origin story. Um, but there is no continuity whatsoever. Um, and I, I kind of think like, what are, what are the 90s cartoons? And I don't mean like the, like the Nickelodeon types. I mean like the action types. 
that were like kind of the class like what's the action cartoon that is pointed to as being like above the rest and it's tough like what it's was, tough to what was the what was the shark one street sharks street sharks street sharks was a that. good one what about well, battletoads I need to go back and like actually watch them because we're all the cartoons like this, but because I feel like um, like Ninja Turtles were pretty good, and like X Men were pretty good, but that had very like robust source material. Yeah. So I don't know, like I guess we need to go investigate some of these old Street Shark episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is a good point. Like we know this one's bad, but like versus the class of the '90s cartoons, like. Are we just looking back as, you know, 30-year-old men? Or, like, are, is something really missing from here? Um, a couple things on episode 14 I want to highlight. I like, I, as Tommy mentioned on the, like, spider body of Dr. Droid, he, like, got this ultimate body. It's, like, impenetrable metal. And then they're just like, we're going to shoot some freeze pucks at it. And it immediately broke. Um, I liked that i like that they call their card the migrator which i did not know until uh this episode and then at the beginning phil's like girlfriend he takes her as tommy mentioned to like the duck's lair and they are certainly implying that they're doing some naughty stuff down there and then like phil comes to practice and he's all like disheveled and like in love and stuff like that so um yeah, I don't know if I would have caught it as an 11-year-old, but uh, I definitely caught it now. Well, I'm also pretty sure, um, forgive my crassness here, but they imply that Phil goes to masturbate um, because she kisses him goodbye or whatever, and then he's like, I need to go back to my office to take care of some things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, clearly uh and then he walks by like he's like plucking a, a, a flower it's like oh she loves me she loves me not yeah but i think it's a clear implication there yeah i definitely i remember that now um yeah let's move on episode 15 called mondo man uh do you have a description for this one tommy yes i do and so uh directed by blair peters who also did return of the droid written by marty eisenberg chris bartleman and blair peters november 9th 96 so this is again back-to-back viewings or one air on one day, the other on the very next day. And so this is when a new superhero appears in town and starts to treat the ducks like the villains. The ducks realize that he has been deceived by Draconis, leaving them in race against time to stop him before innocent people are endangered. Notes. Mondo Man is very similar to Superman, possessing identical powers, paraphrasing the line, truth, justice, in the American way, and using a glowing green, green rock he created, which he refers to as Ducktonite, designed to take Wildwing, Tanya, and Grin strength away, similar to Superman's reaction to Kryptonite. So again, it's like, hey, what if we had Superman or a knockoff of Superman come into this, but they have to fight the ducks for some reason. Right. So yeah, so we open like the minions are stealing this glowing gem and the ducks are fighting. And then this sort of wannabe weakling superhero guy shows up. His, his name's Mondo man. Um, they, the ducks end up having to same him instead of like taking down the minions. So buckle up. Cause we, we get pretty deep in this. So the metal that the minions stole is called as nauseum and nauseum sends a signal to these um like aliens named the sarks and the sarks are supposed to be like super intelligent beings 
and Dragonus wants the Sarks to come to Anaheim because their ships run on Beleriam crystals, and Beleriam crystals is the same thing that Dragonus's ship runs on. So we're back to Dragonus trying to get out of Anaheim. So Dragonus needs a superhero to meet the Sarks, befriend them, and steal the crystals. So they capture this weakling guy, Mondo Man, that was at the thing because they saw him. They're like, oh, this is the guy. Uh, Dragonus shoots him with some sort of ray. I don't know if this is the same ray that he made dinosaurs out of, but this weakling guy becomes the jack dude who can fly, shoot lasers out of his eyes, essentially Superman. Um, so throughout the course of the episode, Mondo Man like saves crimes and then sort of convinces everybody that the ducks are bad, like why the ducks always around these crimes. Um, so the ducks weapons, they don't really do anything to Mondo Man. Um, the ducks for their part immediately and correctly assume Dragonus is behind this. Um, of course he is. So the ducks split up again. And Wildwing, Tanya, and Grin meet up with Mondo Man, but Mondo Man puts down the this like green crystal called Ductonite, and he makes them all weak, and they all get tied up. Uh, meanwhile, the Sarks they see the signal, they come to Earth. Um, Mondo Man meets them, steals the Balerium crystals, and then the Sarks are pissed. So the other three ducks make peace with the Sarks. But the Sarks say, hey, we want our Beleriam crystals back. In one hour, we're going to destroy your planet. Um, so they release this scorpion-looking thing that is supposed to look for um, the Beleriam crystals. But it really just goes around destroying things. So the way the ducks are going to find the crystals is the magic mask that Wildwing always has. Because uh, he's the leader, but Wildwing is c- captured. And the other ducks can't come because Duck Knight's going to make them weak. So instead of the ducks, they get Phil. Phil shows up, destroys the duck tonight. The ducks get up. They steal the crystals from Dagonis's minions relatively easily. Um, they drop off the crystals. And then they go to where the scorpion is. And Mondo Man is fighting the scorpion. But it turns out his powers were just temporary. Um, so he becomes a weakling again. So the ducks show up and save the day. And the police chief is all happy, but he goes, you birds better keep your beaks clean. And that is the end of the episode. So that is the next five episodes. We're more than halfway through the animated series. Um, Kevin, your thoughts so far? Uh, It sounds like a crazy fever dream. Um, (laughs) It sounds like they uh, almost would have been better off not introducing so many new characters um but i don't know yeah like i said i think they had maybe 10 15 episodes and then the the season was 26 episodes and they're like we gotta figure out how to extend here um because especially like the brawn one dr droid like they don't really have a connection to any other like, at least the other ones, it's Dragonus and the Ducks and they're fighting and all that kind of stuff. Did, do you know if they, uh, but did, yeah, I think, did they ever sell, like, action figures or anything? That, I mean, they definitely did because I definitely had some when I was okay. little. I don't remember. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of these are very much like, hey, what kind of toys can we make out of this? Um, and this is definitely something you figure they got to have toys for. I was also very impressed, actually, by the um, opening music. Like, it's a yes. long intro. And so, Mike, we need to track those people down. Yeah, so the, the Ducks theme song by someone, like, relatively famous. Let me look it up real quick. Ducks Rock performed by Mickey Thomas. Oh, it's somebody else. Somebody else. There's another song that was, like, pretty famous. I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't – I am excited to see um, – I don't know if we're going to get a conclusion. Like, I don't know if this was canceled or – if like they just had a graceful way to end it here but so um, um mickey close. thomas is best known as one of the lead vocalists of jefferson starship there you go that's who i was thinking of so yeah jefferson starship so uh relatively big yeah tommy just your any other thoughts on the animated series here um seems to me like them being able to get 26 episodes is kind of uh should deserves to be applauded <laughs> um and again spread the word people we'd love to talk to some people about how this came to be and uh what the um you know kind of what were some of the creative processes went behind it um we'd love to peel back the per the curtain for some of our listeners yeah yeah, like I said, I met I talked to one guy. He did like one episode and he said it was not a good experience and wouldn't want to talk further. But maybe maybe I can talk to some people who did cartoons and not necessarily the ducks and that can give us some insight. We'll we'll try to figure it out uh as we go forward here. Um you know, we've we've gone long enough, I feel like. We can skip the quack question. Let's be honest, it's probably not gonna make it into the quack question of the year anyway at this point. I've already gone through the calling process, so we'll just skip it. Uh, thank you to our executive producers, Elsie Barnett and Alex Ybarra, uh, our other producers, Deborah Chen, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Joyce Ng, Jared Beasley, Lisa Wobig, and Anthony Geoffrey. Uh, Anthony's a new one, so thank you, Anthony, for your donation. Uh, if you guys, you guys should all have your stickers by now. If you don't, please let me know. And I will send you more or try to figure out where they are for us. Thequacktape.com. Go there. Contact us at Quacktapepod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Quacktapepod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us your favorite episode of the Mighty Ducks animated series um, and why it may or may not be the return of Dr. Droid. Go to the shop. Get your gear. Mass. We can all use more mass. Uh, they are available. And remember, ducks fall together. Ducks fly together. Black flash. Ain't no turning back. Got to be the matter of the quack attack. The quack attack is back, Jack. Ooh, yeah. You're recording? Yep. There we go. Cool. I don't even backup record anymore, so you better be all right. Uh, a bad practice, but okay. <laughs> I know, backup record. Just in case. You're right. You're right. Just laziness.